As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, ready to do some spoilers on Magnificent oh, Seven? I'm ready if you guys are ready. Andrew, you got a spoiler cast theme song for Magnificent Seven? Well, hi, folks. Let's just go watch. It's not a song. Never mind. That was... <laughs> <laughs> Nowhere close to a song. That was None. so weird. Do you remember you can't do that on television? What? Are you old enough for oh, that show? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Do you remember Every the Every time cook? you said, what was it, I don't know, you got slimed or yeah. something? Was that that show? There was, yeah, they, yeah. Well, they slimed for all, about a thousand things, but there was this greasy, grimy cook in the cafeteria, and they would always mock him, and he'd pop his Nick head out, show? and he'd be like, Nickelodeon? Nickelodeon yeah, show. Nickelodeon, and he'd yeah. be like, oh, I'm assuming they I heard that! And it was just, <sighs> man, there was like a... <laughs> It was like a part of my childhood. It's embedded in my psyche as a person. You can't do that on television was one of my favorite shows it, growing up. It was the only show on Nickelodeon that I remember where my parents were like, I'm not sure if we're going to let you watch it, Yeah, that. exactly. <laughs> like, my next show was Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yeah, Double Dare. Omek. Yeah, good stuff. Let's just talk about God. that instead of The Magnificent Seven. I'm being okay our with childhoods that. awesome? <laughs> our childhoods were amazing. Kids Global have it guts. I rough mean, now. Childhood American Gladiator. Yes. I wanted the Agro Crag trophy dare. was the trophy I wanted more than any other growing up. Yeah. Yeah. What was the green screen video game uh show? Remember like where they just put kids in front of a green screen like Oh no! You got a duck, or the pterodactyl's gonna. Get <laughs> I remember you. that, but I don't remember it what it was so called. It was so bad, but it was so fun to watch. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, the halcyon days of our youth. Woo! Uh, so let's talk about the Magnificent Seven. Uh, we'll go into some spoilers here. I don't know that I have a ton to say that needs spoilers. I think we covered most of it during I think the you episode. Know who lives, who dies is pretty much. Yeah, I, yeah, I kind of go it's... into the end and, and yeah, talk about which that was kind very predictable for me. Anyway. Because, well, be, and we'll talk about that, but I would just say plot-wise, it's a pretty straightforward That's plot. what I was going to say. You know. Uh, and that's why I liked it, because Westerns shouldn't be twisty. No, I liked, yeah, I liked it, too. Bad guy comes into town, wants to, you know, steal the town, and does it through force, and woman loses her husband, and so she goes looking for somebody, both Which for was revenge. Matt Bomer. I mean, what a throwaway cast right there. And it was know? a great, and I thought it was a great performance for the little bit of time he was in there, so... He was really good, but I was sad because I really love Matt Bomer. Mm-hmm. Like, not in Matt Bomer's way of loving Matt Bomer, but <laughs> mm. I really, really love Matt Bomer. 
he's fantastic in yeah, everything. I'd be okay in. with loving Matt Bomer and Matt Bomer's way. <laughs> if I was Matt Bomer's way, I would. He'd be the first one I'd let love me. So <laughs> Matt Bomer's way. <laughs> so is that like no. Carlito's way? <laughs> yeah. When I realized that he was about to die, <laughs> when I realized he was about to die, I was so angry. Yeah. I'm like, no, you can't kill Matt Bomer in the first eight minutes of the movie. Well, so is his wife. She was very angry as well. So she went looking for people to uh, get revenge. Uh, on this bad guy, not only for revenge, but also to save the town. For righteousness. And, of course, Denzel Washington. We get a nice introduction scene of him, uh, mm-hmm. you know, kind of taking over and bringing, you know, somebody to justice. And Which I love the I stereotypical about- bad man rides into town, everyone, because he's all in black. Mm-hmm. And, but I love how, like, it's the black on black play because he's the guy dressed in all black riding into town, he's which means he's always trouble. Guy. But he's the black but guy. Want, yeah. So I everyone was to- always like... What's he doing here? <laughs> I wanted them to dive more into, you know, racial tension with yeah. his character. I think, I think the movie I think that wants, was a miss. I think the movie I think that's on purpose though. I think the I think movie just wanted on. to avoid that. I think it just wanted to I just wanted to see just you know, a little bit to let us know, yes, we're still in that universe where there was racial tension. We got back enough then. of that in the hateful eight, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but uh Tell you know, for his more. first and only God, Western for Denzel Washington, he did a super good job. Yeah, I thought he was great. Uh, she thinks he's great, so she asks if she can hire him. He says no until he hears the magic word, which is the name of the bad guy that she's trying to uh, come up against, because apparently they have history as well. You yeah. find out later that he uh, raped his mom and killed his, his sisters, men. or his men did, yeah. or whatever. Uh, so And then tried to hang him. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's so right. He shows brutal. the neck scars or whatever from you don't find that until the end though. But yeah. yeah. So anyway, so she's so he hears that. So all of a sudden he might be on board, but he has to find himself a posse. Yeah. Uh, so that begins with Chris Pratt, who is a comic relief, also a magician. Uh, that scene where he is uh, doing the car trick with those guys, I thought was hilarious. Yeah. Um, and I loved it. Uh, and then so he picks Chris Pratt. He sends Chris Pratt after. Beauregard, right? Good night. No, good night. And yep. Billy Robichaud. Good night, Robichaud. Good night, Robichaud. Robichaud. Yeah. Yep. And well, he didn't know Billy was going to come with, but yeah. Yeah. So Byung Hung Lee is the actor's name. So those two join up. Uh, meanwhile, they go looking for uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's character. No, as first well. he, first they go and get uh, the Rodriguez guy. Oh, the Mexican. First, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, well, okay. Here's my question. Were they going for him initially, or were they going for the other guy? Because they say they were going to go and get the Cajun. Well, so the dead guy. Oh, that's yeah. my question. No, I bet you're right. That was one of they the said few they were plot go... points that I was like, "Wait a second. Because they went to the guy's house and he was dead. But yeah. the but and they're the, like, "Oh, he'll do." The Mexican jumped out of the ceiling, right? Yeah. But then he pulls out of his pocket a warrant for the Mexican guy. Yeah. So it's like. Is everyone in this movie hunted, or was it just a convenient plot <laughs> he point? Has, he has a Rolodex of warrants in his pocket. Yeah. Like he's, I'll he's just take whatever wanted bad guys in here. Because they're like, yeah, I've just been staying oh, wait, here. He doesn't here snore too. or anything. I'm like, so you <laughs> He have... was dead when I got here, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he, he did have his, uh, his uh, wanted poster in his front yeah. jacket pocket. And he said, that's a good likeness. Yeah. I, I he I found him to be the least compelling of the crew. Yes, uh, I you know most just, forgettable. Into extended, no, not for me. Mine I only know him as the red, Mexican, uh, red roses or the rose. Native American. Yeah. Uh, going to the end, I was surprised he was one of the ones that survived because I didn't understand his story purpose as much as I understood yep. the story purpose of others. So it was kind of interesting to me. Um, but so I think that's everybody. Are we miss well. Then they meet up with the Native American. Yeah. And, Don't forget Jack Horn. 
Right. That's who they went to yep. find, Vincent D'Onofrio, um, who had been hit over the head with a bolter. Oh, poor oh guy. Oh, God, yeah. And he just comes out all bloody, and he just hits that the guy with a hatchet. That scene and... was one of my favorite in the entire movie. I when agree. these two no, redneck totally hillbilly yokels are like, yeah, we messed him up. We took with the Pigeon guy. Brothers. The Pigeon Brothers. The Pigeon well, Brothers. They weren't famous for very <laughs> long. <laughs> that was so funny. And then all of a sudden, the one just, you think the thing fly into his chest, and he drops. And then you see Vincent D'Onofrio coming down the hill, and you can see this massive gash in his yeah. skull where he got beamed with a boulder. And I was like, oh my God, he beat that boy senseless. My favorite line the whole thing, I think that bear was wearing a man suit. <laughs> that was fantastic. Man clothes. Man, I think that bear was wearing a man bear clothes. Was wearing it was so man good. Clothes. Human clothes. Yep. Oh man, good stuff. Uh, so they get the gang all together, they go to the city, and there's the initial standoff with the hired guns that are there to which protect Which is the first time, which I talked about in the initial podcast, where you see the Japanese uh, music being played. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm going to say something. I yeah. found that first standoff more exciting, more compelling, and more interesting battle. than the final battle. Agreed, and here's the thing. 100%. If you're going to do a Western and you don't get your standoffs right, you might as well just quit there. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the quintessential thing for Western. Absolutely. Yep. And and I found that one completely compelling. I loved it. I loved the way it played out. I loved how he walked into town uh, with just him and, uh, and I forget the character's name, but it's a, it's a good night's guy. Billy... Uh, is Billy? Let's just say Billy then. Yeah. So, uh, so I love how he walks into town with just Billy. I love that conversation. There's just tension dripping from every sentence mm-hmm. of what they're saying to each other. And then all of a sudden, you realize that all his other people are strategically placed around the city. And then there's this question of: Are they actually going to fight? Is something going to happen? And then when it starts going down, the choreography of it, Billy I thought rocks. was Billy rocks. The choreography of it, I thought was perfect. Uh, everybody had something to do. You understood what was going on and. I just I really enjoyed that first standoff. Yeah, one of the things I loved about the first standoff it was a highlight for me as well. I had to look up the guy's name because I always forget how to pronounce it. But Cam Singandit, the guy from Never Back Down, okay, he plays basically the the top man of of the um, hired guns, the hired guns, and he's the one he's he's just got this great stare. He's really good at playing a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved his character. I kind of was bummed out that he was one of the first people to go down in the final. He wasn't really like a mm-hmm. pivotal part, you know, of being the leader of the bad guys crew. Yeah. Um, well, that's because so, they were smart enough to take him out quickly. <laughs> yeah, 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 no joke. But I love the tension between him, the look. Yeah. He's got a, he has just got this nasty look to him, like, please he has try that smile. something. Yeah, it's the smile. It's the smirk. It's the please try something. And you, his look, the look on his face makes you go, someone please try something. <laughs> yeah. I want to see what's going to happen. <laughs> um, so they take care of business and then the girl. Should we mention Goodnight doesn't kill anybody? Yes. Yeah, that's an important Which plot point Ethan there. Which is Ethan Hawke's character. Ethan Hawke's character, Goodnight, uh, is, is a little bit shell-shocked you know, from his life as a killer or in war. Yeah. Did you hear? Things. He actually cowards out. He mm-hmm. keeps well, pointing a rifle and can't do it. Did you hear what uh, he was talking about Billy Rocks whenever later on why he didn't kill people? Because he kept, he still was seeing. He um, saw the owl. The owl, yeah. Yeah. Did you hear any of that? Yeah, a little okay. bit. Yeah, yeah. So he, didn't he go thought into that. that. He thought that if he killed any more people, he'd be sent to hell. Oh, well, he yeah. thinks the owl was there to take him? He thought the owl was there to take him. Okay. To well, hell that. And that beca- that's be- you know that's fulfilling when he finally gives in to killing people. He the owl does take him. Yeah. So I mean I mean he dies. But what but what was interesting was he didn't shoot anybody. Did you also catch when he came checked again? He was like, oh, it was jammed. Yeah. So if he had shot it, it might have killed him. 
Yeah. Like, is that what we're to understand? Like, he's he's kind of... I thought that Billy was... Covering lying, for him? Covering, oh, covering for him, like, Okay. Like, no, yeah. that's possible. Yeah. No, I that's think, possible. I think Billy's relationship to Midnight is close enough that he feels an, a deep word... I bet you're deep right. inner devotion to him. And I think he was just trying to help him save I bet you're face. right. I bet that was a cover. Yeah. yeah. I was reading it into the, you know... It would have killed him? Yeah, it would have killed so, him. So, like, like a, there's, a, like, a jinx cool. on him. That, that actually, cool. I like that more. Play more than the covering <laughs> I like for that him. more than covering Well, they're both him. possible, right? I right. mean... Because so, we don't know, because they never they never explicitly indicate. Mm-hmm. And I like but the, the look on Chris Pratt's face right after suggests highly that he was just covering for yeah, him. So. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think that was the intent. I think if the intent was that it actually was jammed, somebody else would have fired it, and it would have backfired or something. Yeah. Like, it would have been more explicit, maybe. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, so yeah. So the girl comes back into town after they've taken care of business with, uh, her. was it her brother? Is that with the girl and the guy that went to get them? I don't know who he was. I thought he was just her friend, is what she says. Okay. A townsfolkman. And they make a lot of jokes about him being her gentleman caller, her special friend throughout the movie. So uh, the crew does kind of mocks him a bit because he's a wuss. (laughs) (laughs) So they come back into town and they tell everybody, you can come out now. These are the good guys, these are the people we hired. And so then from then on out, it's about planning what happens when, you know, the bad guy comes back. Very 13th warrior prepping everything, mm-hmm. making sure mm-hmm. the town's ready for battle. And so, you know, they've got booby traps. They've got lots of stuff that they're getting ready. And so then the big... Which I have a question about. Sure, go ahead. What was the significance of the windmills? I don't know. I think they were to show, like, where the explosion, like, where the yeah, actual... Yeah, but they were, bare... they were hiding underground, so there's no way they would have been able to, to know. know. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So, it's Unless kind they've of got like a, a mirror or something. I don't yeah. know. I just, I, I never figured it out. No, I, there are some loose ends like that, for sure, in this movie. And that's that's part of what I'm talking about with the final scene being a little more chaotic, a little more confusing. Like, it just didn't play as... Um, you know, as there's the there's this thing movies can do where you're so in it, you just understand everything that's going on, yeah, and you're just so compelled by it and so exciting. And the last, you know, battle just didn't feel that way to me. There was just enough. It was very chaotic. Yeah, and I don't want to say sloppy, but uh, I think that's a fair word. No, okay. I, I I would say sloppy. Um, the original battle, the confrontation, mm-hmm. there was an element of you did not know who was going to do what. Okay. Right. Um. Whereas in the final battle, I swear to God, I'm sitting here watching this and I'm going, this dude is is all kinds of rich and powerful and right uh-huh. dealing with stuff. I guarantee you, this guy is just going to come w- armed with a hundred men, two hundred men. He's going <laughs> to yeah. bring a Gatling gun. He's going to mow the town down. And I sure talk enough, about the Gatling gun. They bring the Gatling gun. And I'm like, called it. <laughs> so here's the thing. And this is protagonist biased in westerns. I'm okay with the protagonist being able to have the dead eye and kill everybody, you know, from close range like they did. But yeah. that Gatling gun was like miles away and it was deadly accurate. And oh yeah, yeah. Video I was like, game really? accurate. And it had way more bullets in it than that clip, you know, allows. Yeah. Magazine. And, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the magazine sorry. And cartridges. But okay, so the Gatling gun starts mowing everybody down, and this is where we get the first death, not from the Gatling gun, but Vincent D'Onofrio dies at the hands of the bad Comanche. Was he a Comanche? Comanche number two. Yeah. Comanche number two. Yeah. So, token Comanche number two uh, kills him, 
And it was a sad, that was probably the saddest moment of the movie for yeah. me, honestly. It was honestly the most emotionally charged death. And man, did he go out like a champion. Though. Yeah, just mm-hmm. crawling, you know. And uh, then was Chris Pratt the next one to die? Um, no. No, 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 no. No, it was uh, Billy and... Uh, Billy Goodnight. and Goodnight died first because they were taking out oh, people chasing just, him right, as yeah. he was going so, after the Gatling I want to talk about uh, Ethan Hawke just like... Ethan Hawke and Billy, there there was no like slow, like, uh, you know, montage. They just died. Nope, yep, they just were gone. And Goodnight just fell right off the church and... Poof, I was really expecting, I was a little disappointed when they kept building up this whole Goodnight Robo Show. Goodnight, everybody mm-hmm. was talking about him. And it was obvious the foreshadowing there because there was so much talk about how scary and how much mm-hmm. of a badass. Everyone had heard of him. No other character in the movie had everyone heard of, uh, well, other than the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, when they finally got to Goodnight and he turned out to be haunted and a coward, yeah. um, I was half expecting at that point him never to actually end up shooting anyone and him to run off. When he did during the training pick up the rifle and Chris Pratt after his prodding. Yeah. Go him into it. Destroyed that target. Yeah. I was like, this is a true marksman. So it kind of blew my mind that they put him in a bell tower. I was kind of expecting a saving private Ryan kind of style, private Ryan. like, Parker, like sniping out. from him because they marked, <laughs> but they made did. him out to be this. No, they made him out to be this ultra super duper marksman. Yeah. And the only people he shot were the people who were within a 50 foot radius no, of no, the no, bell no. tower. He and was the guy's up. chasing Chris was, Pratt. That's what I'm yeah. saying. That's I was expecting was really him, far away. I was expecting him to be taking out the guy on the Gatlin gun. Oh, it's way too far away. So I was just like, give yeah. him a sharps rifle. Because here's the deal. He's there with a Winchester, and yeah. he's got all these people in town armed with sharps. And I'm like, give the marksman the sharps <laughs> rifle. So that was my that was my thing. So then after Byung Hoon Lee, Billy Rocks, and Goodnight Robichaud die, that's whenever Chris Pratt is you know, doing his uh, last ride, as, so to speak, which I didn't like. I didn't like how... You, you didn't like Chris Pratt in this, though. No, I, I thought he was funny. I don't think that he's Western material. I really want that to be clear, because whenever he went out, like how he gets shot and everything, and he's like limping over, and then he comes up with the dynamite, and I didn't buy his death because I've never seen Chris Pratt die in anything before. Mm-hmm. He's too comedic for you to conceive he of was, him being serious. Yeah, but like he didn't like seem like he was in pain or anything. Like I didn't have any emotional reaction to mm-hmm. his death. Did you guys at all? I did. I thought it worked just fine for me. I yeah. really, I really liked the conceit of him trying to light a cigar and knowing that you know oh, kn- that I, he would use. I knew the dynamite I knew, was coming. I knew the oh, absolutely. Coming, yeah. I think I think we're supposed to. I think that's been foreshadowed well. Yeah. I just mean I like that conceit. I like the I you know that that was his his idea to be able to do that. I think it's a decent payoff in a in a you know kind of a decent way for him to go out as the comic relief. Yeah. He went um, out well. Yeah. yeah. So I, I I didn't not with as much emotional okay, impact. Here's, here's is... the question: Did you guys know he was going to die in this? Like, did you have a feeling he was going to die? I had no clue who was going to die. Oh, I knew. I 100 percent knew. Nope. I I thought maybe one or two of. I didn't realize that, and I think in the original, four out of the seven die as well. Yeah, uh, and uh, uh, Chris Pratt has the Charles Bronson character who dies in the original Magnificent Seven as well. So I'm like, oh yeah, Chris. Going into this movie, I'm like, yep, Chris Pratt's going to die. I did not I no know I didn't know who, who was going to die. I knew people were going to die. I knew who, exactly Going who. into it, the people I expected once I met the characters, the people I expected to die were Comanche number one. Who nope. lived? Uh, 
uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's character. I always forget his name. I don't. I don't remember. Yeah. Anyway, either. Vincent D'Onofrio's like character. I just, or something I just like that. remember. Oh, J J H. It was a uh, Jack. Uh, he Jack Horner. Jack Horner. Jack yeah. Horner. So Comanche number one, Jack Horn, the completely unfor the completely forgettable Mexican, mm -hmm. um, uh, was number three. Uh, was number three, and then. Uh, not Chris Pratt. Uh, so basically, everybody that lived, you thought was going to die. The Asian. <laughs> I knew of Young Hoon Lee, Young Billy Hoon Rocks. Lee. So Billy Rocks. for me Those going into I this, I knew Denzel Washington's going to live. This yeah. is what I said. And every other person I've heard of, Young Hoon Lee, Ethan Hawke, Chris Pratt, Vincent, all of them are going to die. Everybody else is going to live. Mm. And I knew that going in. I'm like, because they're going to, they're not going to kill off people we don't know or, or care, care about. about. I get you. They're going to kill off every single person besides Denzel Washington because he doesn't die. That makes anything. sense. So let's talk about the final final. So you get to the end of the battle. The Gatling gun gets blown up by uh, Chris, Pratt. Chris Pratt's character. And then they come, uh, come back. Uh, and it's basically a, a showdown between Denzel Washington and the bad guy. Peter Sarsgaard's character. Uh, and it's not Burke? much. Was it Burke or Bugue? Let's start with a B. Yeah. Bogue. Bogue or something Bogue. like that. Bartholomew Bogue. There we so, go. So Bart Bogue. Bart Bogue. Uh, <laughs> really didn't stand a chance against Denzel. And the movie never really no. gave him a chance against Denzel. It was basically Denzel uh, taking it all the way to the point. And I want to talk about this. All the way to the point of where he's choking him to death. And mm -hmm. we see him reaching for a, a hidden gun that he's got. In the moment where a gunshot goes off, you think that he shot him. I actually did. Yeah, no, I did too. I thought okay. Bogue shot Denzel. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. What I mean. yep. yeah, yeah. I, and I, this is what I want to talk about. I thought that was a surprisingly well um, executed twist. Oh yeah, yeah. Very and well. and it I didn't see it coming. Totally got me. But we pan back, and it's actually the girl who I had forgot lost about her husband. Haley. Yep. And in in that moment, you're like, oh yeah, duh, she's got to be the one who kills him. Like that's yeah. how we've been set up this right. entire movie. Because she the movie said did in such the beginning she wanted revenge. Yeah, the movie did such a good job of shifting that revenge to Denzel Washington's character that yeah. we forgot that that's who we wanted to have. But the, here's you know, what the I was final. curious about: where was Vasquez and Red Harvest during that whole thing? Well, they were taking care of the stragglers. Really? Okay. No, I don't know. I'm just saying they, like, they had, they I had figured, stuff to do. I figured do. it would be one of them to like help take out Bogue, but. Now that you say it, it was, it had to have been her because he killed her husband. Yeah, I do had like the her. fact that uh, Bogue was the quintessential bully in this movie, and I want to use the word bully very clearly. He had absolutely no actual skill or power. Right, he wasn't a gunman. Right, he's he's your typical bully who resorts who relies solely on presence. He used his men to inflict all the damage. Mm -hmm. So when it came down to, and just like Aaron said, when it came down to the final actual uh, altercation. He stood no chance against Denzel at yeah. all. He was literally food for fodder, you know, and mm -hmm. just, uh, I thought that was really well done. I think it was nice that they didn't try to also turn him into a semi, uh, badass as well. Have you ever seen the Western open range with, uh, Kevin Costner and, uh, uh I've seen the, uh, CG animated film open range. Yeah, Robert Duvall, Kevin Costner. I have, but I don't remember all of it. Okay. So there was a pretty much, that's how you make villains is, they're just the money in westerns. They have they hire all the uh, the henchmen, and that's the quintessential western. They yeah. did that right in this movie. They did that in Open Range, and uh, I guess Dances with Wolves is technically a western. Now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, yeah, I, I think I think you can count that. That's another honorable mention we should have said. Well, yeah. We're saying it now, right here in the spoiler cast. Okay, but um, that's what I totally agree with you, Sean. I don't think that the uh, the villain in westerns has to be, you know, the 
equal to our protagonist. I, I like it better that he's not. You know? I do yeah. too. It, it, makes him, it makes him that much more just sleazy and exactly. slimy. Yeah. How is this horrible person the one, you know, they haven't earned the villain. Yeah. And it makes you hate them. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah. Very well done. Um, and then the movie ends. Yeah, just, just abruptly. Stops. Which is fine, yeah. right? We didn't need an epilogue or anything, did we? I didn't. Well, uh, something that they do in the other movies, you know, like uh, Seven Samurai or uh, the other one, they don't keep the money. Uh, you know, they're like, we did this yeah. for you. They didn't. They just, the movie stops. So we don't know, like, did Denzel Washington and crew take the money from the original, you know, uh, or take the money from the town? Mm. We don't. We're kind of left open ended on a bunch of stuff. It I think just, he took what he needed, and then the town used the rest to rebuild and to, you know, do good in the world. Eventually, that became Silicon Valley, and they made yeah. computers. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. And that's. I think that's how. Basically, so, uh, all of our tech is is you know. It, uh, due and to I them. don't know why I've made this uh, this connection in the movie. I kind of felt like a. Denzel Washington was kind of like Khaleesi from Game of Thrones, <laughs> for the simple fact that every single where he went, he's like. I am Denzel Washington, mother of dragons. You know, no, he had that long title like I'm Denzel Washington. I'm the oh, Kansas. I love that though. I, I think that's that, like, because I'm, I'm the sheriff, the keeper of, of Kansas, warrants, the keeper keeper of warrants. He had that super In long seven title. States. What yeah. makes that funny? And and I didn't think about that until you mentioned it. But it was great when Chris Pratt's character went to go get midnight. And they're in the barber shop, and I think you mean good night, right? Good night, and good yeah. night's cracking up. He goes, "Oh, keeper of the seven warrants in the yeah. seven states." Uh, that's the same one as he. St-? And he was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And he's yeah. like, "They're cracking up about it." So that's a good point. Yeah, Denzel Washington, mother of dragons. Denzel you heard Washington, it here first. Father. Wow. <laughs> yeah, King Kong's got nothing on him. We'll be uh, King we'll Kong be back. Got nothing on me next week. Uh, what are we talking about next week? Miss Peregrine. Miss Peregrine or Home Deep for Water Horizon. Children. One of the two. So we'll oh, be- we're not see. seeing Deep Water Horizon because that's not a Thursday night showing, right? So we're seeing uh, Tim Burton's. Which you know what, Den- or Aaron, you're gonna love this. I have not seen a single trailer or know anything about this movie. Yay! So zero frames for, for you. This is going to be the only movie of the year I do that for you. <laughs> yeah, Thanks, just man. in honor of Eric. You're going to fall in because love with it. I'm going to see if I like this style of not seeing any trailers. Oh, if the movie's bad. It's going to be all my fault for it's not letting you all, watch trailers. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we'll also and be being talking, a Tim Burton movie. It's kind of fifty fifty. So uh, <laughs> that's right. We'll also be talking yeah, uh, Mr. Robot season two. season two. So we'll be chatting that next week as well. Peace out. Bye. We're going to ride off into the sunset. There was no ride off into the sunset. This movie's horrible. (laughs) As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 